0: I'm Toby M. Schreier, an artist and printmaker.
1: I'm Corinne Cunningham, a writer.
0: As siblings growing up together in seacoast New England, and now from opposite sides of the Atlantic, we've listened to and supported each other through the ups and downs of our artistic endeavors.
1: We thought you might like to listen in to our conversations about creativity and process. And so we've created this podcast, Ink from the Embers, our musings on the roots and growth of creativity. We hope you
0: enjoy listening in. All right. So we were sitting and we're recording this the week after Christmas, uh, just before New Year's. And we talked about old work last episode. And we were going to talk about setting goals for 2022, setting Mm -hmm. goals for our next year. Um, Yeah, for new work. For new work and all that but before we get into like specific goals for 2022 how do you tend to set goals for yourself in general i mean is it like specific things overarching things or is it like bottom up top down or just shiny things
1: all of the above probably in okay. different in different ways um initially big things um mm-hmm and then I break them down. Um, I like to say, you know, to have an idea of what I want to spend my time on. Um, yeah. And then break down how to achieve those goals. I really have fun doing that, you know, okay. like say, I want to have a novel or a first draft of a novel written by June, break down how much I need to get done per yep. month and then per week and that kind of thing. And, um, build in a schedule for it and a flexible schedule, but one that allows for what I have going on in my life. So I like to look at the big goal and then look at the calendar and kind of see how I can work those goals into what I have going on. You know, I've I've got a week of vacation here. I've got this here. I've got that here and then get kind of strategic about things. Um, But in general, yeah, I've got some big goals and some littler goals and um it all it all ends up feeling kind of organic um okay. nothing i haven't last year we had a really big goal of moving um, Yeah. <laughs> and so thinking about that goal we'd worked towards that for a couple years um but still using that same you know this is the big goal how do we get to it let's Break it down so it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, with different steps you could take in months leading up to, years leading up to that sort of thing. How about you? Um, looking
0: at it this year, I definitely kind of approached it in I think the same way, kind of a little bit of bottom up of, oh, here are little things I'm interested in, but also top down of, hey, I have this big goal all right, how can I mesh these together and meet them in the middle so that I can be working on them together so that the and the little things, kind of the more project-based interests, can be building towards and married to this bigger goal. So really it kind of meshed from both sides. I mean, because I haven't been setting goals so much in the last few years. I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions or or big refocusings. I mean, because last year we did have a new beginnings episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, last year we started this podcast for crying out loud.
1: Right. We also, was that the same starts and restarts? I think episode? that was,
0: or cause we had a starts or inspirations. And then we had a starts and restarts at the beginning of our second season, yeah. August ish, September ish. Yeah. Whenever we restarted. Right. And we kind of talked somewhat about goals and um, accountability partners and working with that. But I have not re-listened to that episode. That was on my list of things to do that got lost in the Christmas rush. Mm -hmm. But, hey, starting things up again. But you hinted at a big goal On a first draft.
1: Yeah, which is similar to last year when we were starting a podcast. Um my goal was also to write a first draft, which I did. Which Um, you did? Yeah, the last two months I've been so since the beginning of November, so since the retreat, um I've been working towards I actually really got into outlining and doing some free writing around the story idea that I was building. And so I've Right before Christmas, I opened a new Scrivener document and got it set up and made a mood board for it. I did all of the kind of things to set myself up so that I can plug back into that world that's starting to develop Mm -hmm. um, and jump in next week in the beginning of January. Uh, I have not sat down with my planner to set up those more concrete details of when I'd like things done. Um, that'll happen. That is the big goal. And then there are several other smaller ones, you know, finish season two of this, ep- of this podcast. Yes. Talk about a third, you know, probably do a third. Um, we have a, another secret project that we could secret be working project. on this coming year. Um, you know, I'd like to start up my monthly newsletter again. And so that is also a next week thing because it's always the first Thursday of the month or that's what I had been doing. And, um, and that feels like a doable thing that is once a month that creates some outreach that can connect with, um, with some readers in that way, you know, I'm working with, um, with a friend of mine on a client level now to do some writing coaching and, you know, I have on my list, maybe open up a couple more spots for that. Um, so some of them are concrete goals and some are more, I'd like to spend more time exploring that. And these yeah. are things that I would like to do. Not that I have to do. The main things for me are get this draft of a novel written because it feels important. It is important to me. And the podcast, those two things are, are do I know that they're doable? I did them last year during the move during a pandemic. I know this is possible, right? Yeah. Um, The rest of it, I would love to also make a priority. And I think there is room for that.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how about you?
0: You know, I had a bunch of the small interests, so to speak, the the bottom up where it's, you know, I've got wood being cut for wood engraving blocks, some nice um, boxwood end grain blocks or with a carpenter friend of ours being cut into two centimeter, 2.2 centimeter slabs and Got a neighbor up the street who has a mill so we can face them nicely and then they can be ready to be sanded and go through the press. So I'm excited to be getting more into the wood engraving part, which is it's printed almost exactly like a wood cut. But since it's on the end grain of the wood, you can cut really, really fine details. So if you think of like a lot of old book illustrations, a lot of those were printed with wood engravings like the the Tenniel drawings for Alice in Wonderland were printed as wood engravings mm. um I was I can't read the title of that book for the English guy who did a lot of animal wood engravings um there will be a link in the show notes Cliff. either Charles or Robert something British um uh, but Tunnicliffe um so I'm excited to get into that because that is a very logical extension of my style and my interests both in subject matter and technical matter. Also I want to go more or explore more with mezzotints because I finally printed a mezzotint block successfully which is something I've been interested in since college and then I found some some more mezzotint rockers on Ricardo which is kind of like eBay over here. If eBay and Craigslist had a illegitimate love child, you would have Ricardo. Um,
1: and name it Ricardo. That's
0: and Ricardo. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo. <laughs> uh, so I had gotten those knives, tried it, didn't work. And I figured, oh, I need to sharpen these. You need a sharp knife to be able to make patterns. And so that finally worked. And this was for the Open Press Exchange, a great little project where a 3D printed press that makes printmaking more more accessible to people. That's open and available, but they organized a print exchange so that you send in an edition of 10 and you get back nine prints from other artists. And they put on a big exhibition of everything that was um, everything that was submitted. So wow. I'll be a part of that show. Um, and that's exciting. Yeah. But I ended up doing a mezzotint for that. And just this was a good way to experiment with the technique because the 3D printed printing press is kind of by design constraints. It's small. So the plate and the image were small. And when I say small, this image is about two inches square. Wow. So it's tiny. It's cute. It's nice. I was going to say,
1: it it sounds really
0: cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's a crow skull. Of course it is. (laughs) Um, It was actually my second print for that, but that's getting into... I'll come back to the first print. But that was cool to be able to execute this technique successfully, if not at a high technical level. This was really a try. It's a nice image, and I'm very proud of it but it's like, okay that worked now i can try more i can do bigger plates Print it on the big press develop my skills um i've got a book sitting with you all about mezzotints that i can't wait to get my hands on
1: that is a january project that, getting yes january projects to you four yes. years ha- later
0: uh, having a split line or having a library split across continents uh definitely presents some logistical issues mm. so Experimenting with mezzotints and also experimenting with uh, trying to get white ground etching, which is another technical area where you can get more painterly effects with etching. So it's rather than just etching one flat and then a different flat of a different level, you paint on this goop, which is based off of soap and linseed oil and titanium white pigment. Hmm. And it's painted on kind of like a gouache or or a semi-transparent watercolor, semi-translucent anyway. And then it etches approximately like what you see with that painterly effect. But that's uh, the chemistry is interesting. And the main ingredient of most white ground recipes was ivory snow soap, which was discontinued in the 80s. So it's about figuring out, well, what powdered soap works? And well, ivory doesn't exist over here in Europe. So what is in ivory? And I've learned a lot about chemistry and soap making. (laughs) Nice. Not intentionally, but hey, it's fun. Yeah. And I had mixed results um, last year. So that's just pushing it further, trying out different recipes, different acid strengths. So there are all sorts of little technical goals and interests there um, for an overarching goal. And this is like way off at the other side of small to big. It's I need my art to be financially stable. I need to be able mm. to bring in money with my art. So I need to ad- not advance, but grow the business side and work on selling and okay. Okay. So I need to be make this commercially viable and develop these other skills. So it's kind of breaking down, well, what is commercially viable? How do I sell more? How do I sell more while still doing stuff that matters to me? And it's like that's going back to the first print I made for the open print exchange was a, a woodcut. It was going to be a reduction woodcut with, you know, two crows sitting on a branch and some nice gradients behind. You know, nice rainbow roll gradients of an evening sky. Oh, it's pretty. It's cute. It's sweet. Everybody that came into the studio and saw them is like, "Oh, are these for sale?" Wait. So it has color and it has animals and it's kind of sweet. Aha. Do we noted? Hmm. So trying to figure out. Okay, prints that are faster to cut, two to three plates, not eight with color but still anatomically correct and interesting images and you know pretty images save the crow skulls for later i mean i dig them maybe not everybody does that's all right and kind of making stuff that's um more open edition, so not like numbered limited edition selling for a few hundred. It's like, okay, do it for, as an open edition with two plates and sell it for, you know, 60 to 80. That's Those are the prints that I am able to buy. Okay. So why am I not producing for the same market that I'm in and that I am a part of?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it just makes sense to me at this point. And also looking at it, it's like, well... If I make them, you know, sub A4 size, so letter size or smaller, they're easier to ship. So, like, Etsy would make more sense at that point for that price point and the percentages they would take. That's nothing against Etsy there. They have their own business model, but that's... I mean, they're taking out... I mean, I have to calculate with 10%. That's not a small amount to be taking away from something.
1: Yeah.
0: But man, you get a lot more exposure and it's a lot easier and it's an infrastructure that people know and trust. So 10% might be worth it for that. But it's like, oh, prints are easy to ship, t-shirts less so. So prints will go on Etsy, t-shirts probably not at this point because I live in Switzerland and shipping is a bitch. Mm
1: -hmm. But not for prints because it's it's, letter weight
0: if it can stay in the letter weight, it stays a lot more affordable. Once you start yeah. pushing the thickness, with and t-shirts to, do
1: to keep your print safe too, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's to ship as a letter, it's you have to keep under two centimeters. Okay, mm-hmm. that's doable for a print. For a t-shirt, that's
2: doable ish, yeah. right?
0: But it's really. It's also that price point, because if I'm selling a t-shirt at a price point that people would buy a t-shirt from with shipping, with the uh, percentage going to Etsy, does this make financial sense for me for the time it takes to to do that? And it's not really. Yeah. But for a print where it's easier to ship, higher price point, it does make more sense for that to be financially
1: available. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's just finding finding those those little areas and there are some fairs um like some arts and crafts fairs. Uh, that sounds like lighter, but it's really there were printmakers at uh Schauwerk. Yeah. That was we went to something that was in November, I think it was or late October. It was late fall of this year. And the, a neighbor who also did some risograph prints in the area. She said this is this is something for you, Mister Schreyer. You should nice. come on down. And we went down, and
1: and I bet prints would be easier too to display than to worry about shirts and hangers yeah. and all of the yeah. To I mean, make it an artsy thing
0: at a fair like that, that's not too bad. Hangers edge of the table. You've got a selection of shirts. Roll them up in a in a box behind. That's more doable, and where it's like okay, I pay for the spot. Yeah. t-shirts sell. So it's looking at things like that or it's like this year I printed, you know, a bumblebee and a big beetle on T-shirts and people were very lukewarm about them. They want their birds. And it's like, well, what about that, that otter? It's like, that's right. People dig fish or not fish. I'm sure people dig fish too, but people dig birds (laughs) and mammals. Yeah. It's that people have a a real connection to that. And it's... I
1: find it fascinating because... At least here, there's such a push for to like save the bees and to. Yeah,
0: it's, it's the same here. But, but they don't
1: want them on their shirts.
0: They don't want them on their shirts.
1: Huh.
0: And it's, again, because, oh, a lot of people care about bees themselves. Mm-hmm. But most of the t shirts are gifts. I know someone oh. who goes bird watching. I, I know someone who likes squirrels or whatever. Yeah. And foxes are just always in. Go figure. Yeah. I mean, I like foxes too, but. Yeah. And we've got badgers in our neighborhood, which is pretty freaking awesome. Um, wow. So I'm looking forward to doing a badger t-shirt.
1: Do you see them often?
0: We have not seen them. We've seen traces of them. Uh, one of them dug a latrine in our garden. Um, so that place will be, that spot will be very well fertilized next year. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. Badger, whoever stopped by. Huh. But people have seen them uh, out there. Going up and down the street.
1: That's really kind of funny. Yeah,
0: they they live down around the corner in the garden where the uh, azel donkey, where the two donkeys live. Of course they do. Of course they do. I (laughs) mean, they
1: want company. They want good neighbors.
0: Yeah, I mean, and those two donkeys, they're they're pretty chill. So donkeys, badgers, they they live by the by the wren family. It's all good. That's uh, they're in the other direction from the cows Mm. and just to make sure that people don't have a skewed view of where I live. I do not live in the countryside. I do live in the city of Zurich. Um, <laughs> it's it's very, I would say, dense suburbia, but there are pockets of nature around, like, the farm and the area surrounding Aurelia's uh, donkey stall and her uh-huh. garden with the the badger den, the uh-huh. Dachsbau. Anyway, so that's kind of... That's how I built my goals, is that yeah. top-down of I need my career as an artist to be financially viable.
2: Yeah.
0: And this is a good year for that because, well, A, I have less work from Adrienne with Nature Conservation, so I have more time for my work. And B, we have less work with Nature Conservation, so I need to bring in money to make up for right. that.
2: Right.
0: These are real-world things but trying to figure out how to use those as an impetus for artistic growth and for creativity to make work that still comes from my heart is
2: okay.
0: feels like a good challenge right now. I'm looking forward to that. It's yeah. it's not it doesn't feel like, oh, I need to make money, I'm gonna sell out. I mean, last night somebody came in and was asking about printing and they were apparently a graphic designer earlier and had, they were part of the mini club. So like Mini Cooper, the British cars, and were trying to print T-shirts. And he was like, well, mm. animals, I mean, don't don't you think that that's not really worth doing? I mean, I don't see that people are interested in that. It's was like, well, I'm interested and I see a big audience for that. Thank you.
2: Mm.
0: So it was like, yeah. Other, I can see that, but I still have no problem standing behind my work and yeah. really believing in it.
1: Yeah. And, and there's I mean, a huge, that's that's such an ignorant thing to Like, I don't see other people. Well, yeah, yeah. in your circle, and, maybe not, but. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't give two tugs of a dead dog's cock about British cars. So don't come in right. here. and I'm not telling you how to design your t-shirts. Although right. I will tell you that you're using the wrong ink.
2: Hmm.
0: He didn't want to hear that, but that's okay.
1: Of course not. Yeah,
0: screen printing ink is not very good for block printing, people. There you know.
1: Which I feel like you've said before here. I have,
0: because I struggled (laughs) with that issue too. This isn't just theoretical knowledge. (laughs) You would know this, sir, if you listen to our podcast. Thank you. Yes.
1: Exactly. Uh, What I was going to say is there's a... Yeah, figuring that balance of how to create without a scarcity mindset, you know, without that desperation... Um, mm-hmm. and I don't think desperation is a, is a good use of it, but I know I've had lots of conversations with people about how if you're forcing the work to, there's a, there's a fine balance between forcing the work to pay for your life and cause you can, artists can make a living from their work, yeah. but to put all the pressure on. Without the curiosity and without yeah. the interest, um, that makes it that that's what brings joy in the work. Right? Is yeah. that curiosity and being interested in what you're doing? If you take that away, then it does become just drudgery and work, and yeah. not doing it for the love of it. You're doing it to for other reasons then and. Sorry, that clicking is my, I'm just realizing, because last time we recorded, you said there was a clicking. It's my rings on my mug. It's, I'm it's sorry. There. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but um, people hear that, that's what that is. Yes.
0: Um, there was also an interesting saying. I, I really forget where, where this was. I think this might have been from James Gurney in either one of his videos or his blog, The Gurney Journey. He quote, was quoting somebody else and saying that inspiration is for amateurs. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting thought in that if you are trying to make a living at this yeah. you cannot wait for the inspiration.
1: Right. And right. that's
0: that's not saying anything about creativity, that's not saying anything about passion. Right. But it's just you have to sit down and do it and figure out how yeah. to make it work. That is a different type of puzzle. And that's yeah. I think figuring out that puzzle is my big goal this year and I've started breaking it down and it's like the um the sketchbooks or the uh the notebooks that you received and I think you put a picture of those either on your own Instagram or on our Instagram yeah check out both Instagrams and and mine too by the way but to our listeners but it's like that was a big success for people being interested and engaging with and selling so it's like okay Paper goods. Yes. Nice notebooks. People like nice notebooks. We talked about this last episode. Yeah. Okay, that's something to go with. Or the gift bags. Like, I'm out of bags. I don't have <laughs> any empty bags to print. People like bags.
2: Mm, yeah. Okay,
0: these are things to learn from. Print more bags. And it's f- figuring out well, what has sold. And I have now been dabbling or I've had the store location here for three years now. Wow. Yeah, three years now. It's crazy. So I've had some time selling stuff in the window. I'm not, I am not—I don't have a lot of experience, but like insects don't go quickly. They go, but they don't go quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Notebooks, people love a nice high quality notebook. Alright. Feathers, people love feathers. Put a feather on a notebook. Great.
1: Yeah. I loved my... Yes, I'm, I'm glad
0: you've been enjoying it.
1: It's all used up, actually. It's all used up? That's... That was my... Those are my notes for the novel. I knew that, that, that once exciting. I finished that notebook, I had to create a Scrivener document. So it was a that, perfect size, too.
0: Um, there was a funny story with the notebooks, because as I was printing, I occasionally accidentally printed one upside down mm-hmm. so that the feather was resting at the top of the cover. Mm-hmm. And it just looked visually unbalanced. Like, okay. So I just printed a second feather on it. So there were two feathers. There were like three of those. And one of them's in the window just because they get bleached in the sun. But woman, woman bought them and is like, oh, well, I know I'm going to fill this notebook up with these ideas. And this one has one feather and this one has two feathers. So there's book one and book two.
2: That's really nice.
0: That's beautiful, lady. Thank you. I am glad you could buy my accidental print and put it to purposeful use.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Nice.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's... I just rambled a lot about um, printing techniques and selling and marketing.
1: No, but that all plays into your overarching goal. Um, What is... There's my ring on the cup again. Something I thought of when you were talking was... How to how to create those goals and how to know how hard to push yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I I said first draft, and actually what I have written down is the first and second draft of the novel for this year. Um, and it's doable, and it's a – you know, last year I only said the first draft, and I think yep. that's where I kind of petered out because I hit that goal because I have a tendency to oh. hit goals and – And not necessarily go further than the goal that was set. It's
0: like, met that Um, goal, job done. Job done.
1: Don't really need to move forward. That's it. I can take a really long break now. Which we've talked about how breaks are not necessarily a good thing. Yes, (laughs) momentum has a lot
0: going for it. Ha ha. ha, Yeah. Ha.
1: Um, (laughs) So so that's... um, so that that's my question to you. Do you how do you make your goals achievable but not too hard? Like how do you make them so that you can meet them and feel like you're growing at the same time?
0: So one of the things that really helped me in looking back at last year was the unfinished print of the Northern Lapwing, the Kibbutz that is still unfinished. And then looking at the, the Birds of and kind of series, which these are just small 11 centimeter by 11 centimeters. So four, four by four inches or so, five inches, something like that. Prints on linoleum, one color open edition that I was able to bang out three of them and people really like them. These are nice images. And they're simple, but I still pushed my skills doing it. So it's was like, okay, there There was this big project with a big overarching idea, and it was almost like too big, and I just always bogged down with it. Mm-hmm. So there was never momentum. With the small things, like, oh, okay, here's an idea. Okay, there is an overarching idea. I can do a whole series of you know, local birds. This is cool. Put them in local landscape scenes from the area. So it's not just this local bird, but it's tied specifically to our neighborhood. Okay, well, do it as one color, do it on Linoleum so it's easier and do it in a small format so that it's faster to carve, easier to carve, easier to print, and sells at a lower price point that's more accessible to more people. It's kind of like that's built for success because it's already chunked
2: yeah. in a way yeah.
0: so learning from that it's like okay smaller size keep the plate count down to two or three um, I've always been fascinated by um, late renaissance chiaroscuro prints which are they were made to mimic um, charcoal and chalk drawings on toned paper so you would have like a blue paper you'd draw with black and you'd draw with
2: white Right,
0: right. These prints are basically you have your white paper, you print a mid-tone with the white cutout, and you print a black over it. And you can get amazing tonality with just two plates. I've been fascinated by those, and I love those, and I really enjoy carving them, but I always make it more complicated. I keep adding plates. Mm-hmm. Well, smack, smack, Toby, stop doing that.
1: <laughs> it's quite the metaphor. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, this is this explains a lot about the workings of my brain. but take that idea of, or it's like with that little crow print, not the crow skull, but the crow print with the nice sky gradients. It's like, okay, this is essentially two or three plates printed small and people like this. And I can still get a lot of color movement and a lot of color variation with some creative inking. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of room to play with this idea to experiment within this framework and still create things on a smaller scale so I can produce more, so I can produce a series, so I can cover a wall and have work to do a show. Uh Aha, that's also been a goal for a long time. And so it's setting that up rather than it's like, I'm going to do like 10 A3 things with seven plates each and have a great show with this big metaphorical thing in the background. That's a beautiful, great idea. I still dig it but I also know that I'm probably never going to do it. Not at this point. Yeah. So it's figuring out how to change those frameworks, I think. That's looking at my own stumbling blocks that I know, Mm -hmm. Uh, looking at my own strengths that I also know, looking at the, I won't say successes and failures of sales in the window, but what sells faster.
1: So really it's time. It's, you need time and experience and trial and error yes. and to figure that out. That's a really good point. That I is. think yeah. it goes back to that the things that we we're talking about in um, the old work episode, and yeah. that's part of what makes an experienced artist, writer, creative, experienced is being able to look back on successes and failures and what worked yeah, and what didn't work. Exactly. That can only add depth and maybe a bit of straightforwardness yeah, it's, to the work process.
0: Yes. Oh, using, you know, the strengths as, okay, this worked, do more of that in that direction yeah. and yeah. using the failures of, okay, how can I change that? So it's never okay. really a failure. It's just more data right. points.
1: Right. But exactly.
0: I mean, at a certain point, if you're a business, if it doesn't sell, okay, that kind of didn't work. Right. I've been very fortunate with my work that, you know, the stuff that doesn't sell, it's not that it doesn't sell. It just doesn't sell quickly. Right. Okay, I'll take that. Um, yeah. It goes eventually.
1: Right. Right. So that's, are, there, hmm. are there areas, um, I'm going to use this as an example, for the last few years, I've kept track of my reading on Goodreads and I've mm-hmm. had, you know, a reading goal of, I think the last three years, it's been a hundred books, um, to read within a year. And that's kind of kept me motivated for reading. Mm-hmm. And this year I've had a shift in that, you know what? I want my goal to be just reading the books on my bookshelf. I don't care how many they are. I want to get through more books that I have that I haven't read. And so that goal has shifted instead of numerically. um, It's more of a, more of an open-ended kind of thing. Yeah, Have there, do you have any aspect of that maybe in your, well, and this is kind of, this kind of goes into the, personal art goals yep. versus professional art goals. Like that reading goal for me is not a professional goal, but it's one that feeds my creativity in some yes. ways. So do you have some of those and do they stay concrete or kind of shift a little bit?
0: Um, those are, they're a little bit more evanescent. So a little less concrete and they mm-hmm. do shift. It's like what I was saying with the mesotins it's like, oh, you can do this okay, we'll experiment and get better at it. Play around with this. I mean, that's a very open-ended goal. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have some, it's like mezzotints have this wonderful quality of smokiness and the way they capture light. And it's like, okay, kind of a misty quality. So like, okay, I have some ideas about where those images might go, but I don't have the, Oh, this print, this size, it needs to be like that. I need that. that. That's kind of coming with one of them. Um, I am very blessed to have a beautiful walk from the house to the studio, and it's been a lovely misty, uh, misty month and a half. I can say that Mm -hmm. now, thinking of this image, that it's beautiful. But man, it's been nothing but fog for the last month and a half. Good gracious! Wow. There's been some sun, and we have (sighs) richtig gefreut darüber. We really enjoyed that sun when it came, but it's Mm -hmm. it's been rare. So. Um, so that's open-ended goals with these techniques, dropping my list. Um, but kind of also, I don't, I mean, we talked with the retreat episode about possibly like, Hey, how would this be with setting up or taking courses? I did sign up for a course. I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, or if this was just in our conversation, but yes. So I signed up for a week long Moku traditional Japanese printmaking course um, with Laura Boswell in England in August. And I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that
2: mm-hmm.
0: because that's advancing my skills and something I'm interested in, something I've just never been able to do properly on my own or figure out on my own. But do I have a goal with that specifically mm-hmm. that I don't have a concrete goal with that other than, self-enrichment and furthering my artistic development And yeah. on the list that I just picked up off the ground after dropping it. Um, I do have things broken up into two columns. I have on one side, artistic development on the other I have fiscal fiscal viability
2: mm.
0: and it's kind of, I mean, yeah, there are lines between and seeing where things match up and seeing, yeah. okay, is this just for money no, it's never just for that because I really enjoy what I do. And if it comes down to something that's just for money on there, probably gets crossed off because I, that's I don't want to have to do that. If I can't dial it back to my passions, that's not how I want to make this work. Right. right. But there is stuff in the artistic development that there is no concrete end goal other than becoming a more... Well rounded artist to be to have a bigger toolbox, so to speak, and just stuff I'm curious about, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: that makes sense to have. I mean, but that, as again, we get stuck on the linguistics, right, of goal or whatever. That's that in itself is something that can get tossed to the side so often. Mm -hmm. Um, that enrichment and growth. That to have that written down even somewhere on on a list, on a piece of paper, kind of makes it a little bit more important to keep that front and center. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Because I know it's like with these goals and with this conversation, I keep going back to, this is probably going to get terribly dry, but my time in management. Yeah. And But in talking about, goals and developmental goals in setting up goals for oneself and for other people. And if especially for accountability, mm-hmm. measurable goals are a huge thing. It's like, yes. did you get down X thousand words this week? Right. Did you produce this many prints? Did you do X, Y, Z? It has to be measurable for that check mark. Yeah. And measurable goals are a huge endorphin rush as well i mean yeah. it's psychologically proven or not proven but it's you can see the influence very clearly of having measurable accomplishable goals right those are reachable you get that endorphin rush, rush great you go on next goal please i love putting that little check mark or that stamp or that sticker gold star yeah but That doesn't take away the importance of those unmeasurable goals of having that curiosity and maintaining that as a guidepost, um, as um, a vague visa. um, Yeah, really a guidepost, not a Mm -hmm. goal, because a goal is, I want to reach this place, a vague visa, a signpost, a guidepost is more, I want to go in that direction. I want to see what I'll find there, right? And that's really important. If you can marry those two together, mm-hmm. that's great. So that you're exploring, you're going in the same direction, your goalposts, and have measurable goals along the way. Perfect. And that's again go, going back to my dual-sided list. I'm trying to find ways to to get those to
2: go together.
1: Right. Um, well, and that's that's huge. I and um, that makes me think of there's. Oh, who is it? I think Helen Redford is a British writer, um, YouTuber, Instagrammer, and she talks a lot about her writing notebook and keeping this continual place to put ideas, to put things that she's interested in, um, tidbits of things. And that is one of the unmeasurable goals that I do have for this year is I'm Holding it, it's not nearly as pretty as the notebook that.
0: That's a lovely gave color, me.
1: but isn't it? Pre- it's a nice teal color. Like, actually, it matches my my teal fountain pen. I mean, teal isn't note- it's ridiculous. Teal I'm is a, the color
0: of the year in Corinne's studio. A that,
1: I mean, I have a blanket shawl on me that's teal. Also, anyway, having the things, having this writer's notebook to me feels like. Being in that mindset, even when I'm not reaching for a goal. Because so often I've found that if I'm not working towards a measurable goal, I just don't do. Or no. I don't feel like I am in the work. I don't know what I should be doing sometimes. I I just kind of flounder a little bit without that. Um, and so one of the unmeasurable goals is just being in the work more, being in that writer's mindset more. Um, because this last year we had so many things going on that I have not felt connected to my work when I am not hitting a goal or trying to, trying to hit those markers. And it's not like chasing after goals is not a, um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not attain. It is attainable, but it's not sustainable. Yes. It's not sustainable for a long-term relationship with your craft. Yes. If if you're putting the pressure on yourself to hit only those goals and to not have, like we've said before, the curiosity and just the interest in your work, in your own work and development. Um, Yeah. I think that's that's a really good point. I like that idea of the lampposts or the yeah. guideposts, guide markers, that visual of that mixed with your map. You know, like that the goal posts are kinda of, or the trail marker is up ahead and that's like the big feeling of it. But then you also have your roadmap and maybe that's where your goals come into play, like oh yeah. if I can just get to this next mile marker. I'll conti- like the having those two things go side by side I kind of like that
0: yeah it's it's a more poetic way of what we were talking about with the measurable and unmeasurable goals right, right. Um, it's, it's a very nice picture I do dig that um, <laughs> and to have the uh, that map in the back pocket with the penciled in goals or the penciled in path but then just the well maybe I don't have to follow that specific path I can still meet that goal but yeah I'm heading in the right direction. This yeah. Exactly. Let's veer
1: uh-huh. off the trail a little bit and yeah. know that it's there to support us when we need it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. exactly.
1: How do you feel overall about this upcoming year? I mean, by the time people listen to it, we'll be in 2022. Yes. But yeah. how do you feel about, like, just in general, moving into the next year?
0: I feel... I feel that the year ahead, I am not sure how I feel about the year ahead. Mm -hmm. It's, I was going to say, and then I wasn't sure if it quite fit, but I'll say it anyway. I feel like the year ahead will mesh well with my goals in that here, you know, stores are open. There's stuff going on despite the lockdown, despite Corona, despite new variants but it's still eingeschrankt reduced Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so it's like okay so I still have time I still have the space to really have a bit more solitude in creation but there's still some opportunities for getting out and doing markets, doing sales Um, but that's where I'm not sure that the current state of the world is the best for um, growing a business and going door to door and saying, hey, can I sell my stuff here? Right. right. Um, that's why I tend to be thinking more about online sales and finding open air markets that may or may not take place. Cause uh, yeah, I think it was 2020. We had joked about the German year of the word being abgesagt, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't actually the year, the word of the year, but Yeah, I think it probably could have been. That would have gotten my vote.
1: Um,
0: Uh, But but yeah, yeah. that could
1: push you to to To, really look at those different avenues of revenue.
0: Exactly. So I think that could be interesting. Um, I am looking forward to this year because I still do have some field work to do with Adrienne for the nature conservation work. But much less than last year. So I will have a lot more time to... To continue my art throughout the field season and that won't be such a big pressure time-wise mm-hmm. i will not be separating flies from beetles all the way until the end of december next year
2: excellent um
0: but at the same point i also have some active work there we, we both signed up for a lichen course so that that'll help with with our work and i'll learn more about lichens because that's that's that that's a cool cool thing lichens are cool Algae and uh, mushrooms and fungus living together in perfect harmony so cool so cool Um, so I'm feeling I'm feeling good about my end of next year Mm -hmm. the rest of the world uh, we'll just leave that as the classic three dot ellipsis. I Yeah. The rest of the world's gonna do what it's gonna do, man, and we just don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's a really that's a really good point and something that I keep thinking about this year. Like the last two years felt like the rest of the world impacted what I was doing so much. I don't want that this coming year. Yeah. I'm tired of that. I am just done with it. Um obviously not taking precautions. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about being done with letting those outside forces really impact what's going on in my in my work, in my in my inside, you know mm-hmm. in my inside life. I guess I got very little sleep last night. That's what I mean. It's okay. In my um In my inner world, in my creative world, in my mind, you know, I want, I want to find a little bit more, um, uh, I don't want to say peace. I, I think I just want to have more headspace for my own, for my own shit right now. Mm -hmm. Um, which there's been so much happening in the world that, um, even locally that really can play and have an impact on on you when you when you let it
0: yeah um i'm going to turn that question around on you but i'm going to get a thought out first before i lose it absolutely um this thought was going back to a separate question and about kind of a talisman or an image for the mm. next year. And it's mm-hmm. almost seems like I'm on this Zoom call with you as you are sitting in your office. You have a designated <laughs> space for yeah. your creative work. And it's almost like it's almost like that is your talisman for the next year. It's your own space with a door.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, yeah, it feels very much like that um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Everything's interesting right now. So last year, I don't know if I told you this, Amy Palco, I know I've mentioned her before. She has a, she has a podcast called the meaningful stitch. She's Scottish, um, and it's knitting and it's just lovely. All of her work is just, I could sit and listen to her talk knitting for hours and I have, um, And she, but she also, she, she also spends a lot of time on myth and story and how those inform our lives. And for the last, I forget how many years she said she's done this, she's offered a, um, a goddess reading of the year. So similar to picking a word of the year, which Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do, um, this is, she picks, she picks a a goddess for to kind of guide your year and to sit with what this goddess represents, and then from there you can choose keywords. And yep. um, last year, she last year was the first year that I um, I got one of these from her, and it was um, the Egyptian. She sent me the Egyptian goddess. I'm not going to pronounce it right. Hathor. Hathor. Hathor,
0: yeah, Hathor. I that's how I've already always pronounced it in my head. Hathor, Hathor.
1: Too. Yeah, and so I took that and kind of ran with the idea of abundance mm-hmm. and kind of spent time every month, you know, thinking about ways that abundance showed up um, for us and our family, and it it kind of was perfect. Um, Talking about moving and family and finances all worked out and and that was it. And so last week or the week before, um she sent the ones out for this coming year. And um I think it was Goddess Maya maybe, but the way that she titled it was um Oh yeah, she's some she's the mother of some more famous Greek goddess or god. Oh or no. Oh, the mother of the messenger.
0: The mother of Hermes.
1: I think. I could I, be wrong. I'd have it, to look at it. Anyway. You have the, to get
0: into the really, really weird, tangled family knot exactly. of Greek mythology, which is fun. Exactly. But, uh, not But the, the, title, the like the t-
1: <laughs> The title for her was like the goddess of risking blooming. And I was like, that's I can, poetic. I like that. And so it yeah. was all about this idea of taking up space. And taking risks and allowing yourself to bloom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really, I really like that. And I like that for this coming year. And so I'm kind of, I'm hopeful about it and I'm excited about it. Um, And in terms of work, I, I would like to, I would like to do things that I've always wanted to do. Like, write a story that feels really, really good and just feels kind of magical and, um, maybe open up some client spots because there's a lot of things that I feel like I've held myself back from because I didn't feel like I had the experience. Like, who am I to do this? Who wants to work with me with this? Why would anybody want to do that? Those are all stories in my head that I'm just done with. Um, I'm kind of fed up with like, And, um, and yeah, so it's kind of a long winded, I just, I'm hope cautiously optimistic about certain things in the year. Um, but I'm excited to really get to work and to, and to do more becoming, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm where I'm just tired of being in transition and letting the transition dictate whether I, how much work I do or don't do, or yeah. I'm just really done with that. Um, And at the same time, I'm super proud of things that I did last year and that we yeah. did. I mean, we started a podcast in yeah. 2021. That's fantastic. Yeah, and is. we have people who listen and who enjoy listening to us thank you everybody Um, by the way (laughs) yes thank you thank you thank you um that's huge and that we showed up for that consistently through a lot of ups and downs um in our own personal lives like that's fantastic and um you know i did write a, a decent first draft that felt good and served a purpose even if it doesn't see the light of day for a while you know That was a a huge win too. So looking back and being grateful and thankful and looking forward, feeling like I've got so much in me that is just ready to come out and ready to bloom, like just giving myself the opportunity to do so in this space where we are firmly planted. Yeah, To go back to that kind of...
2: You
0: you guys are... Well planted and the roots are developing. We can't say well rooted yet. It's a little fresh, but you exactly. are firmly planted. Firmly planted. And I would say well fertilized.
1: There's a lot of shit that happens here. <laughs> well played, not, madam. Well played. I don't know that came out. Sorry. <laughs> Again, yeah. lack of sleep will do that too. It will. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, I think it's, I'm looking forward to 2022. Nice, with all of the stuff it may or may not bring.
0: Yeah, there are a bunch of big question marks. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, one other thing I mentioned about, or do you, you know, I kind of proposed a talisman of your office, and you had this goddess who's Maya or this name who will be noted in the show notes. Yeah. The, the the mother of uh, Hermes
2: possibly
1: we, if I am remembering right.
0: <laughs> she could be an aunt, she could be both. We don't know. She could um be. Do you have any other anything else that stuck out as kind of this this talisman, this thing to hold to on to, either physically or just that image of something as you move on, or is it really just that that risk and growth?
1: Mm-hmm. No. Um, I'm looking around and on my desk I've got lots of little things that you know I do look at as you know talismans but nothing specific for other than just this notebook I just keep coming back to this notebook I think maybe this is it like this is going to be my ground I'm holding it up like people can see
0: I can see it and I appreciate it Um, both symbolically and aesthetically
1: I think you know what I said no, but I think that's what it is. I think it's this notebook. Um, I'm going to start carrying it around with me wherever I go. Yeah. I'm not going any place really, but
2: <laughs> yeah, no. no.
1: <laughs> when I do, I will take it with me. It will be in my bag.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, how about you? Um,
0: I know it's it's a theme and it's been a theme, but this is something that's kind of it's felt like it was left a bit and that's just come up more and more is, is the crow. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, crow skulls It's like the, the mezzotint that finally clicked. And that was with this yeah. crow skull. Um, the, the lovely shawl I'm wearing from my sister that understand, or the cowl, that, <laughs> that from my sister that understands and gets me and that it's, mm-hmm. it's covered with crow skulls and it's amazing and lovely and it's beautiful. And it's like, so many other things have just kind of come up with crows recently. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that is such a part of me. And it's like, yeah, even the crow skull, this is something that for me, that's, that's confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. Because that is such a part of me, even though it's something that the rest of the world might look at with a raised eyebrow. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. That's still me and I can still put it out there. And it is what's important to me and it's beautiful and it's good for the world and it's I think what the world could use right now and I think that's I'm happy to bring it
2: nice
0: yeah so that's kind of that self confidence a little bit in a weird round the corner way mm. No, I like that yeah. thinking around the corner <laughs> that's you get German lessons too people How how, how about that
1: yeah, that's fantastic. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, it's wow. I mean, I mean I've the crows have always been there. I mean, I have for a uh, crows tattooed on my shoulder, but mm-hmm. it's right now that feels really pregnant. That feel that's right now yeah. it's the egg that the live crow and the dead crow are circling. It's right now it's it's a fertile crow. That's it's mm. it's going to be really noisy soon. <laughs>
1: Uh, on that note, I think, you know, here's to 2022 and I'd be curious to hear what, what our listeners are, are feeling about the coming year and, and goals. So, you know, if you're listening, please feel free to share with us on Instagram or, or, um, or our website or email, you know, we're always open to hearing, hearing your thoughts about things.
0: Yeah, I I would be really fascinated to see um a comment chain about people's creative goals for 2022 on yeah. I think Instagram might be the best place for that at yeah. this point in time, but I I would be fascinated to see and to share and to interact on that and see what we can build up from yeah, each other.
1: We have such a our our listener base is so varied with their craft. Yes. So so varied. We have printmakers and writers and knitters and collage artists. I mean, we've just got such an amazing group of um, of
2: followers and listeners. Yeah, and skill in our listeners. Yeah, this
1: is so.
0: we've bunch of cool people, yeah. bunch of cool stuff that they a bunch of cool stuff that they are all bringing <laughs> to the world. I just repeated that because I just bumped the table with my knee, so I figured maybe I can edit that out but we'll see. Maybe.
2: Who knows?
0: Anyway. Cool. Thank you, everybody. 2022. <laughs> Woo. Yay. Thank you for listening in to our thoughts and conversations. Now we'd love to hear from you. We're putting together a listener's questions episode, and we'd love for you to share your questions about creativity and our individual practices. We'd also love to hear about your stories both the victories and the struggles with your own creative process. Send it over to our email address, info at inkfromtheembers.com, or DM us on Instagram, inkfromtheembers, with all the spaces being underscores. We look forward to bringing your voices into the podcast. Feel free to subscribe with your preferred podcast platform. You can connect with us using Instagram and Twitter, and find out more information on us at our
1: website. All links are shared in the show notes. All content, including music, audio, and rambling, is created by us, Corinne and Toby, at Ink from the Embers.